You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Later in the program, we have Strike Mike, voices from the Indiana Graduate Workers Coalition in light of their strike against Indiana University. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, Solar Scams on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. More following today's feature. But first, your environmental news brief. WFHB, this year environmental news briefing. I'm Nathaniel Weinsapple. Hoosiers have begun to head out into the woods to hunt for the moral mushrooms found throughout the forests of the state in the springtime. These mushrooms typically bloom from April to May and have attracted a sizable number of Hoosiers excited to eat the forest tree. The Indiana Moral Mushroom Progression Facebook group has organized yearly hunts for the mushrooms and have combined and have combined the events with environmental cleanups to improve the quality of Indiana's forests. Hunters are encouraged to carry two bags with them while they are in the forest, one for mushrooms and another for trash. Many woods in the state have sizable amounts of trash, so cleaning up while searching for the fungi is a great way to help the environment. Mushroom hunters love this time of year as it gets them outside after winter and the feast afterwards brings Hoosiers together. This week, the Biden administration reversed the move by the Trump administration that removed regulations found in the National Environmental Policy Act. This new rule will require federal agencies to take into account the environmental impacts that could be related to their actions, including climate change factors. The previous administration removed the regulations because they required a lot of time and limited some projects from being created due to environmental concerns. However, critics of the Trump administration's move believe that this would allow federal agencies to downplay the environmental justice concerns. This change by the Biden administration will reinstate these environmental justice decision-making factors. This represents a significant step in the Biden administration's environmental agenda. Recently, there has been a major win in the world of wildlife conservation. An endangered Sumatran rhino gave birth to a new baby in an Indonesian sanctuary last month. This species of rhino is extremely endangered due to habitat destruction and poaching for their horns. The World Wildlife Fund has stated that there are only 80 Sumatran rhinos left in the world. This new baby has increased the rhino population at the Indonesian sanctuary to eight and represents the potential that the species may recover in the future. That's all for your environmental news brief. For WFHB, I'm Nathaniel Weintaub.
During public comment at the Monroe County Commissioner's meeting on April 13th, County resident Ron Thompson said that he thinks more people should know about the smart 911 service that is available to residents. I want to uh, talk this morning about smart 911, and I would assume that you as commissioners know what smart 911 is, but most people I encounter throughout the community do not. I learned about smart 911 by listening in on a children's presentation by a Bloomington fire fireman. And uh, it's a service that the county pays for where citizens can enroll and it gives central dispatch information that is helpful when they would have to respond to an emergency at your location. That includes health conditions, age and number of occupants in your home, location of bedrooms and the ages of the occupants of those, types of uh, heating and hot water and turn off for water and uh, gas locations to include uh, uh, you know electrical power power box and you know I could go on and on but you get the idea it's information that emergency service personnel could use that's the good news the bad news is it's hard to find any information on it I couldn't find it on your website I couldn't find it on uh, the Bloomington Police Department or the Bloomington Fire Department's website and I would encourage your listening audience to uh, spread the word about this service. You can just Google Smart 911 and it'll come up and it'll show you how to enroll. There's also a trifold that uh, can be given out, and I would suggest you get a hold of some of those and put them in the county buildings for the public to uh, peruse and also to enroll. And uh, but I just ask you spread the rules. Everybody I've talked to think it's a great idea. Most of them have enrolled. I've enrolled, I've enrolled my neighbor. And uh, that's all I have this morning, thank you. Executive Director of Area 10 Agency on Aging, Chris Myers, asked the commissioners to approve a grant for public rural transportation. Myers shared that the grant would help fund new buses. We've been, you know, we've been providing the public transportation through rural transit, the FTA 5311 um, program operation funds for like 35 years. Um, we cover Monroe, Owen, Putnam, and Lawrence counties, and this is for anybody to ride. So it's not just for the older population or the disabled population, though that is a misconception because our organization focuses on that, but it is a public transportation program. Um, this is the operating grant that's due for 2023, so January through December. The allocation for the FTA allocation is $891,641. Um, the total um, budget would be $1,830,587. Um, of which 70,000 is expected uh, for fares. So that's what we're asking for in renewal for our application. Part of that is local match. Um, we have local match from the Monroe County Commissioners. We also have it from the you know, Lawrence County Commissioners, Putnam County Commissioners, and the town of Spencer, and then other local support that we have for that. Meyer said that they are also short on bus drivers. I did want to just give an update that um, we are short drivers in Monroe County, three full-time and two part-time. Uh, so that's not insignificant for us either. We're still meeting demand. Um, 
for the most part because demand is still returning from the pandemic period, which is good considering our bus and our driver situation, but hopefully everything will be back soon. The commissioners approved the grant unanimously. The next meeting will be held on April 20th. Have you ever been stuck behind a bus or a truck with a big plume of smoke coming out of the tailpipe? If so, then you can probably imagine the horrible smell right now. Now imagine there are 30 buses doing the same thing. That's what thousands of students and faculty in Indiana schools face every day. A 2013 study found that air pollution outside schools is often much greater than in nearby communities. The culprit was attributed to idling school buses and cars. Addressing outdoor sources of air pollutants is crucial for improving indoor air quality because these pollutants enter schools through ventilation systems, windows, and doors. Transportation and nearby activities such as campus maintenance are important factors that can impact indoor air quality. The outdoor air is easily able to transport indoors through open doors and windows and ventilation systems. Once these pollutants are indoors, they are able to linger for extended periods of time. Improved air quality has been shown to dramatically increase verbal and math test scores. The Environmental Protection Agency reports it is also associated with reduced influenza rates, fewer asthma attacks, and higher attendance to school. With people spending approximately 90% of their time indoors, understanding indoor air quality is vital for human health. Argonne National Laboratory developed the Publicly Accessible Alternative Fuel Lifecycle Environment and Economic Transportation, or AFLEET, tool to help people estimate the impact of various vehicles utilizing different fuels, including air pollutant emissions and cost of ownership. According to AFLEET, a diesel school bus will emit about 25 tons of greenhouse gases each year, not including the dozens of other air pollutants affecting human health. The COVID-19 pandemic helped raise much-needed awareness about air quality and proper ventilation. The public was surrounded by information about the virus and how it spreads via atmospheric aerosols that are capable of staying suspended in the air for hours. DIY air filtration systems have become increasingly popular despite their limited success. While COVID has made ventilation and filtration indoors a more urgent issue, it is not new. For decades, outdated buildings have lacked the proper systems needed to maintain good air quality. The 2020 report from the Government Accountability Office showed that most school districts in the United States need some form of infrastructure update. In addition to one-third needing air conditioning, HVAC system updates, 41% need to update heating, ventilation, and plumbing systems. The American Rescue Plan Act provided a one-time investment of roughly $122 billion for schools to address pandemic-related costs, including ventilation upgrades. The only live air quality monitoring station available through the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, or IDEM, started on March 27, 2009 at Binford Elementary School. The Indiana Department of Education offers guidance for schools to limit idling by establishing no idling zones. The EPA website provides tools for schools action kits and strategies to improve indoor air quality in schools. Up next, we have Strike Mike, 
voices from the Indiana Graduate Workers Coalition in light of their strike against Indiana University. We turn now to the latest edition of Strike Mike. Earlier today, more than 200 grad workers rallied in the Ballantine Hall courtyard. Bloomington's own country musician, Peter Oren, performed for the pickets, playing tunes, and talking about his experience with Occupy Bloomington in earlier waves of campus struggle. In today's Strike Mike, we are sharing the words of Carvin Thomas, the former president of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Union at the old GE plant here in Bloomington. Thomas spoke to picketers at the Sample Gates on Monday. The audio of Thomas's speech was recorded by Jeremy Hogan of the Bloomingtonian. Uh, I'm Carvin Thomas. I was president business manager of IBW Local 2249. We represented over 64,000 General Electric workers across the United States. I want you guys to know that I'm here and 800,000 IBW members across the nation is here with you. We have come here, we've seen the tactics of what they're using on you guys. We've had the name calling against us. I started organizing over 30 years ago. I was called every name under the sun. But to say that's a privilege to be out here doing what you do, it was a privilege for me that people like that would call me names and try to silence me. But you know what? They didn't do it. We organized and we brought General Electric to the table. They decided to do what was right. And you know what happened? Their company got better because of it. Don't let these guys tell you. Don't let them devalue you. Don't let them tell you you're being selfish. Organizing union is the most democratic thing you can do in the United States. So don't listen to, excuse my French, the bull. When they come and tell you what you're doing is greedy and selfish and that you don't understand how business works. I heard all that myself. And you know what? They don't understand how the American people, once they're united, how we work. You guys give me hope. Standing together out here today, I have hope that they will recognize what the working men and women bring to this facility. I hope that this generation gets it. And sometimes you can't knock on the door and ask politely. Sometimes you gotta kick that and say, give me what we need. Remember, we're with you. We see what you're doing. I respect your movement. And I will be here with you as long as this fight continues. No more asking nicely, because you see that's not going to work. You guys have decided to form this union. And you guys have decided to become 
one big group bound together by a common purpose. Let no man or woman come between that. Take what's rightfully yours. Take it proudly. You're not only doing it for the ones represented here today, you're doing it for the generation coming after you. They will be better because of it. See those faces, your children, your grandchildren. They will benefit from what you are doing here today. Don't forget that. I'm Carvin Thomas. I am a proud union member. Say your name with me and say you are a proud union member. One, two, three. We are airing audio of the Ballantine Picket today, courtesy of Olin Garcia Pliego. Next, Solar Scams on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. Solar energy panels are appearing more and more and get more attractive as energy costs rise. But it's not a simple matter, and there are scammers out there rushing homeowners into some expensive ripoffs. Here are some important facts about the whole subject. We turn to host and producer Richard Fish for more. Welcome to Better Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. Hey, hey, the weather's warming up and the sun's back in the sky. And something else that keeps going up is the cost of electricity. Here in Indiana, electricity costs are close to the national average, about 13.5 cents per kilowatt hour. But we're paying about 26% more than we did in 2010, and the rates will continue to rise. One result of this is a great increase in the use of solar power. If you drive by Bloomington's water treatment plant on Dillman Road, you'll see a huge array of solar panels helping to power the plant, and that's a fine thing. You may have noticed that more and more houses throughout our community are being built with solar roofs or having them retrofitted. A solar panel turns sunlight into electricity and helps power your house. If your solar array makes more power than you use, you can even arrange to sell that power to the electric company and get your electric meter running backwards. Sounds great, doesn't it? But it's not a matter of simple arithmetic. Solar power doesn't work for everyone, and the factors involved are complex. 
Remember the old saying, figures don't lie, but liars do figure. Scammers and swindlers are out there, and unwary homeowners have been suckered into some very expensive mistakes. Some of the fast buck artists are offering solar panels for free, but that brings up another old saying, Tanstaffel, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. You don't own those solar panels, and you sign a contract to rent them for as long as 25 years. Solar shysters are promising to eliminate your electric bill altogether, which almost never happens, and using high-pressure sales tactics to make homeowners decide quickly, which ought to be a big red flag. Before investing in solar power, your house must be thoroughly and carefully evaluated. How much area is there on the roof? What direction does the roof face? How much shade falls on it? How much energy do you use? What about storing energy for use at night? What happens when it rains or snows? What kind of solar panels will be installed and how efficient are they? The technology is changing all the time. Today, most of them run about 20% efficient. There are some new designs that do better, but they're either not available yet or extremely expensive. And solar panels need maintenance and lose efficiency over time. Solar energy can be a great deal or a great big ripoff. To make it work, check out several companies, not just one. Are their customers happy? Do the research and learn what all the factors are. I've only mentioned a few. Above all, take your time. If anyone wants to rush you into a solar deal, tell them to take their solar panels and stuff them where the sun don't shine. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at wfhb.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at wfhb.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Nathaniel Weinzapfel, Bodie Hoover, and Noelle Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Hugh Farrell and Kate Young. Better Beware is produced by Richard Fish. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Kate Young. For WFHB, I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. 
You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Hereabouts, Asian American Midwest Radio. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. Listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 